How long should I rest between sets? A classic question that I get from those doing an induction with me. Now, the irony here is that typically the people asking me this are the people that it should probably concern the least. That being individuals who are very new to the gym, uh, gym beginners. It's a typical case of over-analysis by those who are new to the gym. And I get it, you know, I've been in the game for long enough. It's a new environment, there's lots of complicated nuances to get your teeth into and you just want to get it all right. And with the best of intentions, I just want to say, that's unrealistic. There's no way you're going to get it all right. You're new, when have you done anything that you get down to a T <laughs> right off the bat, okay? So the good news for newcomers is that there is no need to dig quite so deeply right now. Uh, if this is you who is hearing this right now, then I would say that it is a greater priority for you to focus on normalizing the gym habit. There's no point learning all of this stuff if in three months time you're back to lounging around at home, drinking beer and eating Doritos, right? So your first priority is to tough your way through the aches and pains that come with being a gym beginner. Your body is particularly sensitive to shifting weights around. You're going to be dealing with a lot of delayed onset muscle soreness. Uh, and it's going to be really hard to get your butt back through the front door when you feel that way. Now, once this foundational baseline of gym lifestyle is locked in, then you can worry about such nuances like how long you should or shouldn't be resting between sets. Or you could just go ahead and listen to today's episode uh, because it turns out that there is a science to rest times. Should you choose to delve down this particular rabbit hole, there are some things for us to dig out here. Now, the direct answer to how long should my rest times be, perhaps annoyingly, <laughs> is it depends. Uh, case in point, always be wary of those in fitness that deal in absolutes. They say, this is the best, because 99% of the time, that's not true. And whatever the question is, the answer is typically, it does indeed depend. So someone who can have the confidence to tell you that and then get into why it depends, you're onto a winner there, all right? Just something to bear in mind. So the first thing we have to think about when it comes to rest times is something called metabolic stress. And you know how you experience the burn in your muscles when lifting weights? <laughs> Maybe you don't, at which point you definitely need to try harder. But that burn is lactic acid response, your body's way of saying, steady on mate, you're gonna break something in here. Like I said just now, neurologically, newbies are very sensitive to this, uh, which is why I always recommend that they take at least one, ideally two rest days between weightlifting sessions because fatigue to recovery ratio is important. But essentially, if we keep rest times to a minimum, we're starving the muscle of receiving all the metabolic processes for recovery in the moment. In other words, you're depriving your body to allow the lactic acid response to bugger off so you can continue the session without insane amounts of fatigue getting in the way. Now, even this approach, which is slightly more detailed than the original what the heck is going on approach, could be scrutinized by the more data-driven among us. It could be 
downplayed as, ah, oh, you're just going by feel. And going by feel is fine. You know, depends who you are. Are you are you an athlete? Are you someone who, are you an aspiring bodybuilder? Or are you just, you know, looking at longevity? You want to feel good. You don't care about how your body looks, you know. Each of those things is fine. But if you're an athlete, you better not be going by feel, right? Because everything has to be more data-driven. It's all on a spectrum, guys. Now, we can definitely apply short rest times to things like VO2 max training, where oxygen economy is a greater priority. How good is your body at delivering oxygen to muscles when they need them? How good are your lungs? How good is your puffing power? But if we come away from the circulatory system, we come away from the lungs, and focus more on building muscle, the story is actually the opposite. Short rest times and that added metabolic stress is looking like it's not all that useful to you. It's not all that conducive to building strength and indeed muscle mass. So what I'm about to discuss here justifies my favorite new phrase, aiming for burnout is never smart. And never was there a truer phrase in the case of training to build strength. Let's say you're doing bench press, squats, you know, one of the big lifts. You're doing low rep, close to PB weight. It's a mega heavy day. Well, the literature suggests anywhere as much as between three to five minutes rest between these sets is ideal. And the studies that I dug up for today's episode, which you can find in the description of today's episode, found that trainees were demonstrably able to shift more total volume of weight by the end of the session when they rested sufficiently between sets. Now that might seem cringe obvious to some of us, but to others I'd imagine it will come as a shock as the fitness world of today has really focused on instilling this dramatic, go-nuts, screaming shit. No, that is what sells memberships. It's what sells programs. It's what goes well to a Les Mills ad on YouTube where you can't press skip. It's not in alignment with the science, though. And just as an aside, sometimes I think about the cultural impact uh, of CrossFit and what it's really taught the general population about high-speed movement. And I do worry sometimes that it has brought the general consensus to speed is more important than slow, steady, controlled form. Really not very helpful. Thanks a bunch, CrossFit. Now, for me, personally, in the case of coming away from the rack and lifting dumbbells, typically single-joint movements, uh, you're using smaller muscles. The oxygen demand is going to be lower. And therefore, if you are joining me here in this uh, looking through the microscope level of analysis, uh, that, that lesser blood oxygen demand is going to mean that you can rest for between one and two minutes, and that should be optimal. Prime example of this is your abs. They burn like a son of a bitch when you train them, but they recover fairly quickly during the session, given their smaller muscle size. Oxygen from the blood restores to the muscle more quickly than, say, chest, quads, glutes. 
But let's get back to the studies. What else can we learn from the studies? Well, conversely, this is where things get kind of interesting. Um, annoyingly in fitness, there's some contradictory stuff out there, right? <laughs> and now I'm going to hit you with some contradictory stuff. Conversely, we have rest pause reps to consider. For those who may not be aware, uh, this is when you take 15 seconds to take plenty of deep breaths before continuing into the next set, or maybe 20 seconds, or just a, a bloody short amount of time, right? And in that time, you focus on deep inhalations in through the nose, out through the mouth. Now, given everything that we've discussed so far, you would think that we'd be in the camp of, ah, rest, pause, that's some show-off shit for people with ego problems. Well, actually, no. Everything we've discussed so far would suggest that for maximal gains in strength and hypertrophy, you, you would be locked into a session of a particular amount of time. You have to stick to these three to five minute rests, right? And that's going to draw things out. However, in the case of rest pause sets, if set properly, these could be very viable for those who are short on time. I do, however, only recommend them for seasoned lifters, as they will be more metabolically amenable to it. For the not-so-experienced, there's a higher probability of passing out. I'm not joking. Uh, cue the horrendous TikTok video that you saw that one time. The big thing here is that with sufficient deep breathing, we're re-oxygenating the body and the area of greatest demand more effectively, more quickly. So, like I said at the start of the episode, it depends. How much oxygen can you whoosh in through your nose before you begin your next set? How well can you feed and re-oxygenate the muscles that you're about to use the shit out of before you start using them? And speaking of time-poor trainees, if this kind of chat about smashing out a productive session in as little as time as possible pricks your ears up, then you're definitely going to want to check out next week's episode where I will be looking at time-effective methods to make reliable gains in 40 minutes or less. Oh, I've got strategies for you guys. i got strategies out the wazoo. So with any luck, uh, I will catch you next time. As always, links to studies on everything I've said today can be found in the description for this episode. Hope you enjoyed, and I'll see you all next week. Take it easy.